Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. The Academy has made their decision on Will Smith's sentence. <laughs> Blue Beetle <laughs> gets a villain and Spy Kids are back. It is set to get a prequel. Santa has a kid and Obi-Wan gets delays. But it's not a huge deal. But first, trailer talk. More of a TV spot and just one. Because I was having a look. Not too many trailers at the moment. And normally, I wouldn't like, pick out a TV spot to talk about. Because often, we start getting more spoilers than what we would do in those early trailers. But I wanted to talk about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I've got to say, that first movie, I thought it was okay. I've seen it maybe two times in total. And the idea of a sequel, okay, cool. This movie looks excellent. <laughs> I know they're showing us more and more, but I don't care. Like We're just getting so much cool stuff. And I've got to think there's so much more to come. But I'm really liking the look of this movie. In the TV spot, Wonder Dreams of Billy and Tommy in a new teaser. But I'm loving that connection to WandaVision, which we knew was going to be in there. And we knew that these Disney Plus TV shows count. And it's really good seeing it all come together. But yeah, this movie, I'm getting more and more excited for it. Is it is it bad to say that the reason, the main thing that's making me excited for it now, you know how I feel about the multiverse stuff. And, you know, if you listen to my Spider-Man No Way Home review, we've been over it. But the, the thing that's drawing me into this movie and getting me excited and we're only a few weeks away from it is that a part of this movie is essentially going to be a sequel, a follow-up to WandaVision, which was excellent. Yeah, and this trailer, yeah. I mean, well, this tease, this little TV spot, the main thing to talk about is the appearance of Billy and, and Tommy. And, I mean, look, it very much is framed and presented to us as if this is a dream or, as Wanda refers to it, a nightmare. That's, that's fine. That's fine. I kind of wouldn't want them to actually exist unless there's like another universe where they do actually exist. And maybe when Wanda did like sort of manifest them, it was because of visions to a another world where she saw them originally and then was inspired. Who knows? Who actually knows? But yeah, I... I don't know, depends how they present it. But look, the tease of seeing them, it just gets me more pumped for the fact that this will be a follow-up to WandaVision. And yeah, for, that, yeah, for that, I'm on board. I'm, I'm so pumped. Well, there's that scene, isn't there, where she's reaching out for them and then she's dressed in civilian clothes and it cuts to her dressed as Scarlet Witch and she's in the same pose, only they're not there. Oh, yeah, there's... There's a lot of intrigue, and you threw me when you said we're weeks away, because I'm like, hang on, and then time of record, it's the 10th of April. Yeah, you're not wrong. What's May the, will be here in no time at it's all. It's the first week of May, correct? Like yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's definitely May. Third or something in Australia, I don't know. Yeah, less than a month. That's... It just looks like a big, fun movie, and I've got to be honest, like watching Spider-Man No Way Home and having that feeling like, oh, first time since Endgame, it feels like a big Marvel film. It feels like an event. I'm getting the same feeling here with this movie. 
Double. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm I'm, I'm generally hoping though that you know people are saying you know like, this character is going to be in it and they're going to do this and they're going to bring in like you know Wesley Slaps Blade and you know Nick, Ooh, yes please Nick uh, <laughs> Nick Cage's Ghost Rider and you know the Fantastic Four both versions of them probably I don't know like they're just going to go nuts. I can like, reel it in. Everything, that we're, it. everything yeah. that we're seeing in this, you know, like zombie strange, evil strange. I don't know, just all, all sorts, crazy, crazy business. Squids I mean, in the strange. squids in the street or octopus or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you can get you can get the um, Lego play set of that. I love you now. Oh, fantastic, that fantastic. Is, yeah. One like, of the first things I saw for this movie was that Lego playset. But I'm really digging all the wardrobe changes that Strange seems to be having as well. I know <laughs> we're getting different realities, but honestly, when Benny Cumberbatch, when he did that first movie, another as you know, high concept and you know, a lot of big ideas were thrown around and you know, visuals, you know, it looked like inception at times. The film did look interesting and different to a lot of what we'd seen from the MCU, but never could he have thought that he'd be here now making this movie yeah and look you, you completely different thing you gave your thoughts on that first doctor strange movie i would say like you know i liked it when it first came out i besides all the crazy new visuals i was like yeah, it's very similar to the that was the first movie where i started to feel like you know the formula of the marvel films very similar to the first iron man movie you know like he's a very similar character there's a there's a rule that must not be broken. He breaks the rule to save the day to go up, of it, go up against a villain that kind of is like, oh, I don't know, it's, it just felt samey. I, yeah, I wouldn't be excited if not for all the craziness that the, that the multiverse of madness is promising us and Wanda. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, WandaVision is definitely a big appeal with this. Oh, it's interesting to note as well, it had the highest ticket sales in the first 24 hours of any film so far this year. There you go. Have it's you got your ticket? to watch this film. I never do that. No. I feel I like for we're, us, we're fortunate. I think we're fortunate. Yeah, in we have so many cinemas. We do. In other countries, bigger cities, more than likely it is something that you have to do. Whereas no matter how big the movie is, I could just go to a cinema and get a ticket. No problem. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I, I jinx myself now. <laughs> no, but I mean, well, I, I never, never seem yeah. to have a problem. But ticket sales, it's, it's, it just goes to show that there is definitely an audience for this movie. And whether it's because they like Doctor Strange, they like WandaVision, or they're hoping for actors to come back from previous films, whatever it is, people are buying tickets. Well, that's it for Trailer Talk, and now on to Movie News. All right, let's start off with a bit of uh, bit of Oscar news. Here we go. Uh, we did the Oscars last on our last show. Here we are, a little bit of follow-up, and hopefully, you know, I think we're fortunate that we don't do like a daily show or a weekly show because we would have been talking about this fella for, <laughs> for a bit because <laughs> yeah, there time. were a yeah. few little bits of... But look, just to catch you all up, if you missed it, which I'm sure you didn't, so at the Oscars a couple of weeks ago, uh, Chris Rock presenting an award made a joke will smith got up on stage slapped the guy um screamed a bit there wasn't really any repercussions except for social media backlash and outrage and all that kind of stuff um you know things started to develop will smith apologized sort of oddly in his speech 
He then apologized on social media directly to Chris Rock, um, still sort of justifying his uh, his things, but but stating that they were not, um, you know, were not right. And he he apologizes to the academy. He also resigned from um, being on the academy board, which means he is not eligible for uh, participating in voting and contributing on those sorts of things. Um, because of him doing that, they also uh, the academy decided to bring forward what they had scheduled in to sort of decide on, I guess, what sort of repercussions or, I guess, punishments they were going to be giving him. Uh, that's all done now. And what they've done is they've, they've decided to impose a ban um, on Will Smith um, from the Oscars for, for 10 years, which is, I was thinking if they were going to do it, maybe like half that amount, like five years, you know, a handful of films that Will Smith could participate in and then uh, you know, obviously be affected from the Academy because of that. But basically what this means is that he is he won't be eligible to be nominated or receive any Oscars Academy Awards for this uh, 10-year period. That's it. That's the news. There we go. There we go. Well done. Got to say, well done. Well covered. Um, <laughs> I've been following yeah, this intently. We... <laughs> <laughs> well, normally, it's not the kind of thing we would talk about, although, you know, it is film, TV related. We wouldn't normally talk about this kind of thing, but we'd done the Oscars last time, as you say. So I thought it's a good idea to, to bring some conclusion, at least. That's it. Conclusion is the word. We can cap it off. Um, it is what it is. I mean, it's still an ongoing debate online who was right who's wrong yeah i think at the end of the day i think everyone can agree you know like any act of violence is not appropriate or acceptable and again even beforehand will smith came out and said i will accept any upcoming sort of um uh punishment or sentence or whatever i don't know paraphrase however he said it um that the academy imposes so good on him for doing that hopefully you know we can recover and i guess one the way that this can affect movies or has been affecting movies at the moment a lot of studios that actually have some will smith films in the pipelines um a majority of them have sort of paused them indefinitely until yeah i'm not really I sure when that. um yeah apparently on his way or getting ready to go to the oscars he'd been sent the first 40 pages of bad boys for Oh, yeah, just, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's there's other things happening. And I mean, Martin Lawrence has not got to be happy with that show. <laughs> like, Come on, Will. <laughs> this is, I'm back it, making movies again. Netflix were developing a, um, like a, a biographical documentary type thing. I'm not sure if it was a documentary or like a biopic kind of thing on Will Smith's life. Yeah. Um, and that's been put on ice at the moment. I just feel like there's an extra chapter that they can now put on there. So they should well, actually be like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. They should be well, loving it. But does it does it just stay with him or does it also, you know, affect things that he's producing? Like if you watch something like Cobra Kai on Netflix, he's a producer on that show. Oh my God. If that gets affected, I'm gonna be slapping people Bel-Air. myself. Come on. You know, I think I think they've finished. They've aired the first season of Bel Air. Yeah, again, He's fantastic. I stand by my recommend on that show. So good, so good. I'm, you know what yeah, I'm, I'm worried about? The the live action Aladdin sequel. 
Oh, that's yeah. a big one. I was going to say, I like that I'm take, movie. Yeah, I liked it too. I was going to say, I'm going to take your recommendation. I'm going to check out Bella. I'm going to get Stan, and I'm going to watch it. I'm going to, I'm going to watch it. But do you know, what I think could happen with Will Smith. This, you know, it's you know, it is what it is. We've talked about it. Everybody's talked about it. The slap, but the slapping. Everybody's. You know, it's you know, it won an Academy Award, you know, Best Actor for King Richard, which is a more dramatic role. He's done them before with Ali, Soup Happiness. But other than that, he's the funny guy, the action guy. I just think, although he didn't get there the best way, when he starts working again, because come on, it's going to happen. He's going to start doing movies, TV, whatever. He could start being considered for roles that maybe he wouldn't have been considered before because he's Will Smith. And now they're like, hey, you know, not everybody sees him that's as the funny guy from Freshman to Bel Air anymore. Maybe he'll start getting offered some more dramatic roles, gritty roles, who knows? Because we've not really had that from him. I feel like we I feel like he's been doing those dramatic things for a while, you know, like not every not every performance is a hit, you know, like seven pounds, um, you know, pursuit of happiness. Sort of slappiness. Uh, but what I mean, what I mean though, is that things with a bit more of a grit to them. You know, films like you know Denzel Washington would do, right, what Johnny okay. Depp used to do. You know, there's you know gangster films. You know, something a bit. Sure. You're right though. Seven pounds. You know, he has done dramatic roles where he's needed emotion. But what I'm talking about is like, but he's still Will Smith, Mr. Nice Guy. I think now he might start getting yeah. different offers when people are comfortable hiring him again. One director that's certainly more than happy to work with him again is Michael Bay. I saw that on social media. Oh, nice. No well, issue whatsoever. So, so I'm hey, sure. Bad Boys still become There we go. Look, and at the end of the day, just one final note. I mean, this isn't the worst thing any actor's ever done ever. Heaps of, heaps of other actors have done way worse. Come out the other end society has forgiven them like so none none of this cancel culture crap like he'll be he'll be right like it was it was an isolated thing outside of what we've seen as his as his character and demeanor he'll come good we'll be we'll be fine we will see him as genie again i can't (laughs) (laughs) you know i was just gonna say although it wouldn't have been good for him on the night and you don't want to be remembered for being slapped you know, Chris Rock's currently on tour and his ticket sales have gone up. <laughs> so, you know, he's still working. He's going okay. Things are happening. But yeah, it's, I, I think we've done it now. We've, we've we'll move about on. It. We'll move on. It's Will done. Smith it's finished. The Oscars. Discovery has completed their 44 billion acquisition of Warner Media and Warner Brothers Discovery is now born. Now, I've not been paying too close a attention to this but knowing that it's a thing it's been happening for a while they've been working on the deal but i looked into it further and we're talking about a lot of separate entities that are now going to be within warner brothers discovery warner media owns hbo hbo max cnn warner brothers dc films new line cinema tbs tnt true tv cartoon network Adult Swim, Turner Sports, and Rooster Teeth, among other brands, and part owner of the CW network, along with Paramount. That is huge. I didn't realize 
how much it actually covered. What's bizarre is, and I don't believe we've actually really talked about this on this show, but I've been following this as it's developed. Um, but obviously there hasn't really been any sort of stories to come out of it because it hasn't been finalised until now, essentially. But it's always pretty much been in, in progress and it has been happening. But it is bizarre to think, did we read that right? Discovery has purchased Warner Brothers, not Warner Brothers has purchased Discovery. But you look at Discovery as a company and they've got all those, you know, like you know, they've got like these food channels, travel channels, things like that. I can't remember what the branding is. It's, it's all very much uh, more of a US-based thing. That's why I'm not too familiar with them. But um, it's, it's, it's intense. And all I can say is this is nothing but a good thing and you mentioned um AT&T which is a telecommunications company I kid you not who is who has had Warner Brothers I think only for a handful of years some of the some of the backwards ass decisions that they've made um, for the you know the movie film distribution side of Warner Brothers I mean I can't speak too much for the other entities and stuff like that I mean the HBO Max launch I remember was not even though we weren't, you know, in Australia, you know, we weren't firsthand of it, but reading things, the launch in the US was not a big pop, but they're building, they're getting there. The handling of um, distributing films post the pandemic and then and onwards all of last year, the day and date releases, streaming and theatrical, like what a, what a terrible, terrible decision. So much money, potential revenue left on the table. What a, uh, what a foolish thing. What a foolish thing. Um, the, the, the people in charge of Discovery seem to have their head screwed, heads screwed on. So I look forward to all the things that will eventually develop. But obviously now at this point in time, there's nothing to really know about. Because no, it's, legally yeah, it they can't like, make any changes or anything or put no, anything in no. place yet. But they'll, they'll, it sounds, it'll come. It sounds pretty much at the moment business as usual of at course. the moment. But yeah, yeah, just have to wait and see. And hopefully if changes are made, it's it's for the better. Because I feel like, you know, personally, like there's, there's so many properties linked with this that, that I'm a fan of. So just hopefully... And, you know, mentioning DC films there, like, hopefully there's no negative impact on DC Comics, the publication, so you would just have to, have to wait and see. But, yeah, big changes. You know, recently we talked about Amazon purchasing MGM, and now this. Yeah, big changes are happening. Okay, but, I mean, even, you know, when, you know, Disney, you know, uh, with Fox and stuff, it's like, big dramatic changes but you know it's it's all content it's all under one umbrella but at the yeah, same time that's worked well for me at the same <laughs> time those studios were still able to for the most part business as usual you know like the simpsons are still churning out as they were it's not like mickey mouse has come in and been like no 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 so i imagine warner brothers will still be warner brothers and all of its entities will still operate to some degree as as they were and Discovery yeah. will just be reaping the benefits. And I imagine probably the Discovery streaming thing and like the many different offshoots of HBO will combine whether the companies will stay branded as they are or rebrand, combine. Oh, no, no. The name Warner Brothers Discovery, we've seen the official logo that they've put out. Which... Oh, so that is what they're calling themselves. That's the name. 
Yeah, that is absolutely oh, what wow. they're calling themselves. And well, then so you've got the three words Warner Brothers Discovery, and on the left-hand side next to Warner is the classic Warner Brothers logo. That's the branding. Well, there you go. So that sounds perfect because you wouldn't want to lose... Why purchase Warner Brothers and not use the Warner Brothers branding, but at least they're exactly. putting their stamp on it. And, so, and you know what? Adding Discovery onto the end of Warner Brothers also sounds pretty cool as well, even though there's just definitely it. a meaning behind it. It just sounds like a new Warner Brothers, which is, I guess, what we're going to... I'd be curious to see if the HBO Max um, name changes at all. Although HBO I mean, as a brand, you want yeah, to keep that... It should have always been something. HBO Max. You know, HBO Max, they're, they're making films as HBO Max, like original films, as well as TV shows. The streaming service, I believe, is looking to launch internationally. So it makes sense to keep things the same. So maybe it's just the the company, like the merging, and that's mm-hmm. the, that's what's changing. But other than that, everything else will remain the same. It's, it's all known branding like cartoon network you know, new line cinema like why would you change that so I'd, I'd be very surprised if they did but it's a it's definitely a big thing i'm glad we're finally talking about it i'm glad it's finally um happening so pretty much from here on out it's like we could start to hear trickles of changes and uh things happening hopefully nothing too dramatic you don't want uh hey we're um you know the DCEU is gone forever. <laughs> like we're, we're cancelling all upcoming DC films. We're starting again. Who knows? Yeah, no. Who knows? Don't do that. <laughs> Although, would that be the worst thing? <laughs> yes, of course. Would it though? On the back of the Suicide Squad, Peacemaker. No, that's true. They're on a good, more they're content on a good, coming. Yeah, Let's keep the DCEU going. <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure the guys who um, greenlit. Uh, the next night it's Justice League <laughs> probably getting fired uh, I don't know it wasn't profitable it did bring in subscriptions I don't know <laughs> we'll see what happens alright um, but speaking of DC and all things happening there Beetle, Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle um, Sharon Stone is set to play new villain Victoria Cord in the Blue Beetle film. So when when this says new villain, is this a new villain for the movie or is she just a very newish villain in the comic? The ca- well, the character in the comics is the partner of Ted Cord, the original Blue Beetle. In this film, which is part of the DCEU, it's the... And in fact, Ted Cord was second-generation Blue Beetle. This Blue Beetle in the film is Jaime Reyes, so I think they're if they're presenting her as a villain, maybe they're just taking that character and they're going to present her that way. I don't think she was a villain in the comics. Mm. But you know what? We, we can't forget the last time we saw Chavin Stone playing a villain in a DC movie. Of course, I'm talking about Catwoman. That's the only remember, thing I can think of. <laughs> remember that film where her character was, oh, what was it? She'd had that much plastic surgery she could take a punch to the face <laughs> she had no feeling yeah like her oh, superpower was... was makeup <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty much so i do have higher hopes for this one <laughs> compared to her last appearance in a dc film 
but uh, but yeah, but it's interesting that we're getting more casting and characters for for this film. The Thor Love and Thunder press tour has officially begun with Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, and Taika Waititi. And good thing too, because no trailer, and we are so close to this movie coming out. It's only like later in the year. We've I was going to say we've seen nothing for it yet because that was accurate when I prepped the show, but since then. Like what often happens, the toys have leaked online. So I've seen the action figures. So I've seen what Christian Bale looks like as villain. Uh, I think it's, is it Gore? Yeah, the, the God character is playing. I've seen what Tessa Thompson looks like. I've seen what Jane Foster looks like. I've I mean, seen the- different versions of Chris Hemsworth as Thor. So there you go. So the toys are out there. Like the so Jane Foster, that that'd be the one that people would be asking the, like the questions about. Like her character is referred to as Mighty Thor. Yeah, sure. So I get these are the toys that are out there, and I've got a feeling that somebody from um merchandising or whatever division it is is going to get a stern talking to because somebody's <laughs> messed up because they're clearly keeping their cards very close to their chest, and all of a sudden. I think we're talking seven, eight action figures all over the internet. You can have a look at them. Yeah, I stand talking at a minimum, at a minimum. Um, but that's very exciting. I mean, my knowledge of like when press tools and stuff begin, um, I'd say it's pretty light. But I, I wouldn't have thought the press tools would have started until, I don't know, the you know, a couple of months before the movie was coming out. And this doesn't come out until, is it July? August? That is a very good question. It is due out, yeah, 8th of July. That is oh, weird. That's that in the US. Where is this trailer? I'm sure we're close to. I remember reading somewhere it was only a couple months after Doctor Strange. So I guess it is close. So maybe it does make sense that the press tour has gone out, but it must be hard to be asking questions and answering questions when it's like no one's seen anything of the movie yet. Until now, when everyone's just been asking questions of the toy. Yeah. And of is this course, toy accurate? Is this what you look like? <laughs> but this is the thing. It's the Marvel Legends toy line, and they usually are. The, the pretty good quality toys. And I've got to be honest, looking at Christian Bale's character, even though he's playing a pale-skinned alien, you can see Christian Bale in there. So I think they look fairly accurate. Nice. <laughs> All right, um, a bit of uh, Fast and Furious 10 news here. Vin Diesel, he's announced Brie Larson is joining the franchise in the 10th film. And, you know, it's Vin Diesel just getting it done in the way that he does, straight on Instagram. No, you know, publicist, no nothing. Tells the people, tells his fans. Oh, it's, so, so, it's the cheapest, most effective way to get the word out. And and I found out, so I think the news dropped, whether it was late Saturday in the US or early Sunday here in Australia, but, you know, it's a slow news day on a Sunday and good timing for him and everybody was talking about this casting. And it, and the, the image he put up on Instagram was him and Brie Larson just looking to be having a great time, laughing together, and, and there you go. That's to me like crazy. I mean, they just keep adding names to these movies, and yeah, I think she's a good get for the for the franchise. And we've seen her do action before, and yeah, 
good casting. I like it. I think it'll work out. It'll work out fine. Beverly Hills Cop 4 recruits Mark Molloy to direct, replacing Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falah, who departed for Batgirl. They're also the guys that directed Bad Boys for Life. Eddie Murphy is expected to return. We're still waiting on confirmation. This is a movie that has been made for Netflix. That's always a good sign. Um, <laughs> well, not really, but I'm hoping it's a good sign. There was a bit of uh, sarcasm in my, in my tone there. Um, okay, cool, cool. Now, Mark Malloy, do we know anything about this guy? Because I feel like that's the... Well, the, the interesting thing, what I found, is that this will be his first feature film. And that's a ma- what major is, studio. That is what the internet is telling me as I he, Google him right yep. now. He gained a claim on the commercial circuit, specifically with Apple Spots. So there you go. He's got a, a career in adverts, but he's jumping to the, I say big screen. Netflix is our big screen. He's, he's making films. <laughs> It's not technically it's a TV movie, but you know that's fine. It's debatable. Um, th- I mean that's it, you can't. No, look, everyone's got to start. Streaming, no, like streaming's I'm, not a TV film. <laughs> I'm not having that. I'm joking. It's not a movie. I'm, the joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm precious about Beverly Hills Cop. I love those films. Even <laughs> the third thing. No, like everyone's got to start somewhere. But I mean, this guy's credentials is TV, little TV spot ads, things for Apple. I'm sure they're very really like, high quality. But he directs the hell out of this two-minute video. Let's give yeah. him Beverly Hills Cup 4. <laughs> it's not a good sign. But look, he, he might surprise me. And he could be, you know, like, you'd, you'd at least hope that it was like, oh, look, he's done a few, like, festival films or a couple independent projects or something. I don't know. It's, I don't know, that plus Netflix original. It, I wouldn't put money on this being great, but we could be surprised. I mean, keep in mind, at one point, the directors of Bad Boys for Life were going to be directing a fourth Beverly Hills Cop. That sounded perfect. Yeah, and then they got tempted by the superhero way, so that's uh, it, the usual thing. Um, but look, Robert Rodriguez has teamed up with Netflix to reimagine the popular 2001 family action film franchise, Spy Kids. It always blows my mind that it, it's Robert Rodriguez behind Spy Kids. Yeah, the director of Desperado, From the Still Dawn, <laughs> Spy Kids. <laughs> you know, I had not seen these films ever until recently. Late last year, I sat down and watched all four with my youngest, and she really liked them. You know, it's kids doing, you know, essentially kids, you know, they're the hero saving the parents, so you can see there's appeal there. She really enjoyed them. But the movies get pretty bad that that day. They get, they oh, they get worse as they go along. But I enjoyed seeing Antonio Banderas. You know, there's things to like. Danny Trejo is in there in this machete. Kids movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Machete, who apparently he has said that in the Machete films, same character. Okay. That's, yeah, man. That's right. <laughs> but Spy Kids, yeah. The fun, you know, there's a, there's an animated series on Netflix that she's watched as well. I can't what it's called, Spy Kids, something or other. But she's likes that. But, you know, there seems to be an audience for these films. And Robert Rodriguez, we recently saw him directing episodes of The Book of Boba Fett. Well, I think he may have been one of the main producers on that show. But anyway, Spy Kids. 
get excited because they're coming back. Carrie Hughes and Corey Stoll board Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. The plan is to split the project into two films with more potential spin-offs. I'm starting to think maybe this isn't actually connected to Army of the Dead. No, I still think it is. No, it well, might not be. It might I, not be. I was, but the idea of doing spin-offs. I don't know. It's maybe thinking that this is an original film that is another original film he's directing for no, Netflix. It's a secret Star Wars movie. This is the Rebel Alliance make their own Death Star. That's what this is. Well, we talked about it before, <laughs> didn't we? Like, it, no, we already was, made that joke. <laughs> but it wasn't even a joke. This was a Star Wars film that Zack Snyder was writing and they weren't interested. So he's made it to his own thing. So yeah. All right. Well, there this you go. is this Rebel Moon is said to be Zack Snyder's Star Wars. Oh, as long as it's more Star Wars uh, than like Moonfall, then we're good. We're okay. I still reckon, you know, like in the in those zombie movies, like the, the there's like hints at aliens and things. I reckon. Oh, oh well, you're, you're saying hints. There's a flying saucer. One of the one of the is zombies. <laughs> Yeah, in the opening. And one of the zombies is a cyborg. So you like, anyway. Rebel Moon. I'd, like it. I'd <laughs> like it. I'd like it if it was all connected. But just the idea that you're talking, splitting into two films and potential spin offs is making me think it's another IP is working on. I think it'd be kind of cool if it was, but like very, like almost like so separate that you you wouldn't need to connect them or. You wouldn't know, and then suddenly at the end, it's just like, here's this thing that links them, and you're like, okay, but it's not really important, but it's a thing, just so it's happening at the same time. Yeah, because why not? Why not? It could be like Zack Snyder's, like the new Kevin Smith. (laughs) All his movies are connected, but they don't even really need to be, but they are. Good fun. All right, Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson will reunite once again in Project Artemis. This is an upcoming space race movie directed by Jason Bateman. I'm pretty sure this is a Apple original film. Probably going to be very effects heavy and expensive because Apple have that money. I'm yeah, just, they do. I'm just thinking of how many movies has Jason Bateman directed? I feel like I'm looking up a lot of directors today. Obviously, we're aware of him, you know, in his acting career. From memory, I'm thinking he directed The Gift with Joel Edgerton. I think he was in that as well. I think he directed that. But not, not, not a lot's coming to mind, to be honest. But The Family Thing. He was a director. I don't <laughs> um, know what that was. That 2000, yeah, 2015, The Family Fang. That's the only one listing as he directed it. Now I feel like... I need Kevin to Wilson's in it. Nicole Kidman. <laughs> and Bateman himself. Christopher Walken's in it. I'm going to look into this movie. All right, this is what I've got mixed up. All right. The Gift stars Jason Bateman and Joel Edgerton. I thought Bateman directed it. It was actually Edgerton. There you go. Credit uh, work. One of you. Yeah, cool. Well, well, well there you go. Like, but it's I a guess... big movie. Big movie for Apple. Big, big stars. stars yeah. Evans and Johansson. 
it's a title like i think like a title like project artemis i'm thinking like heavy big sci-fi thing but then it's like you can bring it like it's a it's a space race movie so we're talking like period piece like russia versus the united states kind of film could be very interesting actually if done like with actual intentions to make like a nice drama historical piece or this could be some fun little sci-fi comedy <laughs> kind of twisted thing it's easy to think comedy with jason bateman but if you look at shows like ozark i think you know he's he can do mm. other things but i'm thinking uh, what did we last review him in it was that oh, what was the name Thunder of that Force? superhero film? Thunder yes, Force. Thunder Force. And he, and he hey, had, he was uh, the best lobster part. claws or crab claws. It was, it was, but it was comedy. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> the uh, the best part of that movie. But anyway, that's a film that's coming to Apple Project Artemis. It's Bill Skarsgård will star in the Crow reboot, directed by Rupert Sanders and written by King Richard's Zach Balan. They've been trying to make this film for the longest time. I mean, of course, the original came out in the 90s with Brandon Lee. Sequels, Stairway to Heaven, Salvation, Wicked Prayer, which had Edward Furlong as the crow. There's TV shows, there's comics, which obviously started as a comic, but there's been more comics. And at one point, they had Jason Momoa as the crow, and they even did some um, test shots with him in the makeup. Fell through for whatever reason. And now they've got Bill Skarsgård. They've obviously seen something in him. I don't know if it's going to be the same character of, what was it, Alex? Not Alex, Eric Draven. I think that was the Brandon Lee character. So I don't know if they're going to go back to that character or if it's just going to be another um, person who's resurrected by the crow, but we're getting a new film finally after all this time. As you were saying, just that last video, I was thinking, oh, like ideally, you'd think they'd want to try and capitalize on like the original film and use that same character. But now I'm thinking, what about revivals or a, a sequel with the same name, ignores every other installment? It's a sequel to that original film. It's a new character, but it acknowledges that legacy character. That's what they'll do. So it'll just be like you said, it's just a new, it's a new deal, new character with a new deal that's made, all that kind of stuff. Um, Bill Skarsgård, I mean, he's, he's an interesting looking guy. He's very creepy looking at times as well. <laughs> when he, he wants to be, when he wants to be. He's a really really tall guy as well so yeah i mean yeah have to wait wait and see what they're gonna do but yeah it's just good to know that they're finally you know the cast I mean, look, the, the lead and it's happening again you said it i mean development hell is an understatement for this project of when when things become tangible then we can believe it you know when it's like hey we've started filming then I'll be like, wow, cool. Okay, it's it's happening. I did read something else on this as well. Apparently, they want to release this year. That might be this year. Wow. Yeah, I know that was. I was like, what? What? What's the why? What? What's the relevance of this year? I don't know. They just want to put it out. They want to make it. 
get it out. I mean, and I'm just like, how small is this film going to be? I mean, The Crow came out in 94, so it's not as if, like, it's a big anniversary date. Yeah, and oh, look, I don't think they would... I don't think anyone's really trying to be like, oh, look, an anniversary. I think they just want it. They just want it out. I mean, that could have just been something that was made up or maybe it was mistyped or something. But I read that and I was just like, impossible. Like, do, do these people not know how films are made? And Although you never know if it's a small, very I mean, this, simple kind yeah. of film. I mean, this is a film that, you know, quickly became a cult favourite. I mean, you know, unfortunately, due to what happened on set, Brandon Lee died whilst making this film and they had to finish it without him. So it was like a film that was just wrapped in tragedy before anyone had ever seen it. And then years since, you know, it's it has become a cult classic. Always then, surprising that there have been so many sequels and spin-offs and or, or whatnot. They're not good, though. They're not good. <laughs> yeah, and I remember so at small... one point, I had, I had all of them on DVD. I've now only got the original Blu-ray, but I did have all of them. On DVD, I mean, Salvation has got Kirsten Dunst in it. And it was after she'd, you know, been Mary Jane in Spider-Man. Wicked Prayer, Dennis Hopper, Macy Gray. <laughs> the cast is just... Also uh, in Spider-Man. There we from, go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, also in Spider-Man. Uh, Brenner's from Angel. Yeah, he was weird, weird casting. But uh, yeah, anyway, The Crow, more Crow. Well, that's it for movie news, and now on to TV news. All right, we'll start off with DC's Aqualad, um, because he's getting his own HBO Max series, courtesy of executive uh, producer Charlie's Theron. Um, the live-action series is based on the 2020 graphic novel You Brought Me the Ocean. That book casts Jackson Jake Hyde as a landlocked teenager living in New Mexico, coming to terms with his father's death, his sexuality, and his strange fascination with the ocean. The book also introduces Jake's boyfriend, swim team captain, Kenny Lou. Are you familiar with this, this, this book, this comic run? I'm familiar. I've not read it. I think it's a young adult series or a young adult graphic novel. Sure. I mean, so it seems to be like yeah, focused on the, the teen angst and drama and all that relationships, dealing with his father, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so, the, But the character, though, the character I'm very familiar with, first appeared in the Young Justice animated series, then they brought him into the comics in the comics now is on track to being Aquaman, not instead of Arthur Curry, but as well as two Aquamen. Mentioning his father in the comics, his dad is actually Black Manta. But also that there's so much like DC content, like is it connected? Is it not connected? Does it need to be? Who knows? But HBO Max is the home of Peacemaker, which is DCEU. But I'm thinking this is just another live action DC show just like Titans, Doom Patrol, very much they're just doing their own thing. Is that what you would prefer or would you want it to be connected? I don't mind, to be honest. I mean, we've got Aqualad still in the Young Justice Phantoms animated or the latest series or season of Young Justice. But it's, it's hard to know. Like, is it a limited series and again without being familiar with the source material i just think 
I was kind of hoping when HBO Max made Aquaman King of Atlantis, admittedly, I didn't like that show too much, if I'm honest, but I liked what it was. I liked that they were attempting these mini event DC shows, whether it's live action, animated, it doesn't matter. So I'm more than happy for them to do standalone content. Not everything has to be connected to something else. Yeah, cool. Oh, we mentioned Gotham Knights last time when we talked about the casting of Misha Collins as Two-Face. We now know Anna Law will play Stephanie Brown's spoiler in the pilot. So this is still only a pilot at this stage, and we speculated last time. Is this a world where Batman has left or has died? But whatever's happened with Batman, this is definitely a Gotham without a Batman. So when you say spoiler, is that the character's name? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> or are we, are we hiding something? No. <laughs> Stephanie <laughs> Brown, her crime-finding alias is spoiler. Oh, wow. Cool costume. It's purple cloak uh she's got like a black mask covering her mouth so like her eyes are on show and at one time in the comics she was robin when the other characters were no longer robin and in the current comics she's one of three batgirls including barbara gordon and cassandra kane so she's currently batgirl in the comics but in this show she will be stephanie brown Spoiler. We started talking about a costume. I was thinking, I was like, is there like on a like on a head? There's like a like a spoiler, like on the back of a car. Oh no, no, no. no. <laughs> She's, I'll send you a picture later. It's good for but, uh, it's good for the air dynamics. I don't know. Yeah, good. <laughs> cool. It's, it's castings. I'm expecting Jason Todd, assuming different to the one that we have in the Titan show. And this is the thing, they can actually, they might end up just like doubling up and think, oh, what the hell? Because <laughs> the same characters are appearing elsewhere. I mean, just like you said before, it's like, it's do their own thing. It can be its own isolated thing. Why not? Just more to add to the multiverse. That's <laughs> what they can be thinking. What we've said before, though, is another Batman show where Batman's left for some reason. We've got it in Batwoman and we're getting it here in Gotham Knights. Yeah. At least with this one, you know, like there's there's all these various other heroes and stuff that we can be following. S- similar to Batwoman, but I guess like this, there's more, there's more of them. It's, uh, you know, as long as we're not getting another Gotham type show where it's like, oh, here's all the rogues and Jim Gordon. Like that's, yeah, as long as we don't get that again, because it's like we've, we've done that in some new, anyway talked about that before this next story will delight um next generation fans hopefully uh jonathan frakes marina Sirtis, brent spiner michael dawn lavar burton and gates mcfadden will all be back for the third and final season of star trek picard yeah i i'm so excited for this news but at the same time they're still airing the second season. We're halfway. And we get told this about the third season. It's like, can I not just enjoy the second <laughs> season first? And then you tell me, because now I just want that. 
he's like you must be patient well i'm still on my mains and they're telling me what i'm gonna get for dessert and i've got to wait is the second season tracking well like maybe are they trying to get more people invested in the second season as a means to get to the third it's hard to say honestly it is hard to say because here in australia picard is still on prime in the us it's on paramount plus and then different areas of the world it's playing somewhere else i don't know who's tracking it how they're tracking it but i'm watching it and i'm enjoying it but it's just yeah it's for me it's not as strong as that first season but i think the first season had the novelty of having patrick stewart back as picard and it's still great seeing him back but the latest season of discovery they've gone so far into the future and that's where they're staying now that it's so far removed from what we know Star Trek to be. So they've gone forward. In the second season of Picard, they've gone back in time. So you're getting a Star Trek for the Voyage Home vibe. And there's some direct references to that film. I'm still liking it. But this news has been more excited for Picard. That having all these actors come back, and admittedly, we have seen... Marina Sirtis and Jonathan Frakes already in the first season. It was incredible how they use those characters, Frakes especially. But this is proper next gen. Pretty much everybody is going to be back in that third season. I'm hoping, I don't know, like I'd hate for it just to be like a quick farewell. Yeah, like imagine they, how just disappointing show up. it would be. They show up at a party at the end in the last episode or, or something. Or a funeral. <laughs> oh, or a funeral. Yeah, Don't right. do that, Star Trek. Whoa. Don't do that. <laughs> but everybody coming back. I mean, I love Star Trek. I grew up on Star Trek. So this, this does excite me. And, you know, I think 87 is when Next Gen started. So that was Star Trek to me. And then that was what I experienced on TV. And then, of course, you know, I watched the original crew in the films, and then I've gone back and seen some of the original series. Mm. But for me, I started with Next Gen, then DS9, Voyager, and all of that. But Next Generation is where it started for me. So this casting, this news has me very excited. And they announced it with a teaser, which admittedly mainly was just made up of the characters or the actors' names. It was announced on First Contact Day which was the day that Vulcans made first contact with humans in the movie Star Trek First Contact. So that is celebrated <laughs> every year. It's First Contact Day, and they usually use that day to make some sort of announcement, and that's when they announce this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, listen, if Star Wars can have May 4th, Star Trek can have Star Trek first contact day <laughs> sure it's only fair oh speaking of star wars actually the upcoming <laughs> obi-wan kenobi series <laughs> is pushing back its premiere from wednesday may 25th to friday may 27th the first two episodes of the limited series will drop on disney plus that day this is an outrage two things, <laughs> well, two things. one we have to wait two days for Obi-Wan Kenobi, but it's okay because we're getting two episodes instead of one. Yeah. That's... But I'm thinking, I know, but I'm thinking this is potentially Disney Plus signaling that 
for the first time since the premiere of Loki, they're moving their new release date to Fridays again. I reckon. I, reckon, I mean, this is the next, like, this is the next, after Moon Knight, this is the next, like, big, um, you know, it's either Marvel or Star Wars, like, the next big show. I, I mean, think so. I think yeah. Friday, I think, yeah, I think they're like, yep, Friday's actually the day. People I are, liked midweek. I remember when they changed it, I didn't like it, but I've, I've got used to new, like, you know, good Marvel, mm. Star Wars content on a Wednesday. But yeah, I think they are moving it back. And, and you're right. After Obi-Wan Kenobi, the next Marvel show is June, Miss Marvel. So then yeah, we'll, we'll see if that ends up being a Friday show. But look, you know what? As an example, this week, Moon Knight came out, second episode, Wednesday. I was busy Wednesday. I was watching that bloody wizard movie. <laughs> So, oh, fantastic base. Yeah. On. Didn't even didn't get to watch a Moon Knight episode two until Thursday. I had to wait. If it came out on Friday, I'd be set. Be all good. Ah, whatever. Unimportant. You still got to watch it before Friday, though. <laughs> so your points invalid. That's <laughs> yes, that's that's true. But you know, I had to avoid spoilers. There weren't any. It's fine. All good. Um, but you know, this fine. I feel like Disney are like, oh, we we owe them two episodes because we're making them wait. It's fine, Disney. You want to move us back to Friday? It's all good. It's only two days. Nothing to freak out about, guys. We're gonna be okay. Anyway, still Star Wars. Um, Ahsoka has found a director in Peter Ramsey. So the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse co-director will helm at least one episode of the upcoming Star Wars series. I did say found a director, didn't I? I said a director. So one of, you did. One of uh, <laughs> many, I imagine. Well, not many, maybe one of a handful. Maybe one of eight. One of eight, maybe. <laughs> one we of usually eight. Usually go around eight episodes. But it's, it's you know, it's not massive news for Ahsoka, but I thought it's pretty cool that they've got a Things are happening. director and, uh, from yep. Animated Spider-Man. So, yeah. You're right, it is um, It is happening. Um, Tim Allen's daughter, Elizabeth Allen Dick, will make her acting debut as one of Scott Calvin's children in the Santa Claus sequel series. Amazing. So there you go. <laughs> Amazing stuff. He's, he's, um, he's got a show. He's cast his daughter. It's, uh, it's a first show. But what I thought was really worth noting on that, from the movies... He's got his son. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it, isn't it? He's just got one kid. Isn't the, the end of the third one, isn't um, Mrs. Claus pregnant? Oh, it, uh, wow. Is she? I mean, it was this story that reminded me. I'm pretty sure, yeah, that's like a... And that's why she's not really in the movie. Ah, maybe that's who it is. Because I was thinking there was another... There was a young girl, but that was Scott's ex-wife and... Judge Reinhold's character, I'm blanking on his name. Is it Richard? I think it's Richard. I, but either way, stuff, either yeah. way, that's not Scott Calvin's kid. So, yeah, so he's potentially got two kids. So there you go. Yeah, I'm pretty certain she was pregnant. And I think, and then I think at the end of the movie, when everything's all wrapped up, it's like the baby's born or something. And I don't know. Yeah, that's, that, no, that's does that ring really a bell? ringing a bell. It does. Yeah. It absolutely does. And I'm embarrassed to say I watched it late last year. 
for Christmas. Oh, then But honestly, it really is it really is ringing a bell. So we know about Charlie. He's been in all three films, and he's going to have a younger sister. And maybe she's a great actress, or maybe she's just the daughter of the star. We'll have to wait and see. Anyway, um, Pen One Fives. Maya Erskine will star alongside Donald Glover in Amazon's upcoming Mr. and Mrs. Smith series. Erskine replaces Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who stepped away from the project due to creative differences. Um, oh, I mean, bet you just love that. I bet you just I, love that reason. Uh, I mean, that's <laughs> never the reason, but sure. Um, <laughs> it can mean so many things. It, oh, it's, it's, the, it's the go-to reason. Uh, although sometimes maybe it's like, Maybe they legit didn't think it was. This. It doesn't matter. No, it's, it's bullshit. Um, I, mean, I I remember when this show was first announced and having you know, just the cast that they had Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller Bridge, and it's like wow, it's like they're putting more effort into this than they need to. Because you know, <laughs> I, I'm sure it's going to be a fine show, but I mean, maybe it could surprise me. I don't think I want to watch it and be blown away. The movie was good enough, and you know, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie. And what they had going to begin with was a little solo, a Star Wars story reunion. They'd worked together previously. But this new actress I'm not familiar with, if I'm honest. I've not actually watched Pen 1-5. So, yeah, I mean, the, the concept's there. And the casting is good in Donald Glover, and I'm sure she's going to be great. I've got Prime. I'll check it out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I just gave her a quick Google, you know, as we do live on the show, because I didn't do any prep before this. I'm not familiar with it. I don't recognise it. I'm not familiar with, I mean, I know of the show, but um, she's in nothing else that I've that I've seen. But um, okay, okay. So this kind of makes we'll me just... kind of want to check that show out, though, just because I, I do keep coming or across you, it. So or... if anything, pen one five. Or we could just discover it together with the show. But I just want to say before <laughs> yeah. we move on, right? Amazon, I find so confusing because the streaming service is Prime Video. That's what it's called. But their content is Amazon Original. And their films are made under the banner of Amazon Studios. But they want you to be, they want it to be clear that you're watching those movies of theirs and their shows on Prime Video. Amazon doesn't come into it. It just, it, it confuses me. You look them up on social media, Amazon Prime Video. But the streaming service is two words, Prime Video. Yeah, like, you're right. Sort they should just commit to the three. Just chuck just in Amazon one. Prime Video. Amazon Prime Video. All the time, every time, always, everywhere, all at once, in and around. It's just... My yeah, streaming. Just be clear. Be clear about <laughs> branding. I was listening to a TV content the other day, and it was, and it was um, a, a critic from the UK. And they, when they were reporting on content for Disney Plus, but it came under Star, which just like here in Australia, they have Star in, in the UK. And then a rep from Disney reached out to the critic and said, Don't mention Star, just, call, just say Disney Plus. So he's like, oh, okay. So that's so they were very protective of like you know adult material. You know, in the US, it's still on Hulu, but this you know this critic, this reviewer kept saying you know Disney Plus star, and they're like, don't say star, just say 
Disney Plus. So at least they made things a little yeah. clearer. But we've, and I've noticed as well, like a lot of Star content now, if you see posters or ads, even though it's available on Star, it just says Disney Plus. No, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, in the drop down, it still says, you know, like Star exclusives or, you know, there's a Star banner and stuff like that. But essentially it's like, hey, look, Pam and Tommy came out. It's a new show on Disney Plus. For instance, you know, like very adult content. New episodes of The Simpsons are on Disney Plus. You want to watch Family Guy, Bob's Burgers, Disney Plus. It doesn't matter. Like it's it's all the same well, thing. It, it doesn't now. It did to begin with mm. for a long time for them. But anyway, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That's a show that's still coming <laughs> to Prime Video. Because <laughs> even in the story, Amazon's upcoming. Anyway, it's. A, just imagine, it's, it's just imagine they rebrand HBO Max. It's going to be uh, Warner Brothers Discoveries HBO Max. Just for oh, clarification. What a mess. Just for clarification. <laughs> oh, speaking of HBO Max, a Sherlock Holmes universe is in the works at HBO Max with two scripted series. Robert Downey Jr. is set to exec produce both shows. It is unclear if he will reprise his role in either show. Yeah, what? I will, they're fine. They're fine movies. I'm not like a huge fan of them. I'm not I crying like out for more. I do like them. It's been a long time since I've seen them. They're both sitting there on Netflix. I'm planning on watching them again sometime soon. But yeah, so whether these shows are connected or not, whether one is, one isn't, who knows? But either way, Danny Jr. is going to be producing. I just can't get excited, but he's involved, so that's a good start. I've got to be honest. <laughs> I'd be more excited about more Benedict Cumberbatch, Sherlock, to be honest. But <laughs> there he goes. Yeah. It's all content. All right, and it prequel series is in the works at hbo max um welcome to Derry will begin in the 1960s in the time leading up to the events of it part one the 2017 film which is of course based on the stephen king horror novel this is kind of cool the idea of this yeah no it is yeah mm. it yeah it is and you know what for me chapter one is the better movie. I'm sure many people share that opinion. So the idea of having events before that film has been very interested. I think like the best part of like the, the, the biggest reason that the, that part one is probably better is because you get, it's completely isolated within that time period. There's, there's no modern jump or anything like that. And it was the second one jumps back and forth between the two times. So I think, it's that period piece setting, that time frame, and then obviously if you're going back just a little bit further, we're getting a little bit of that sort of old school um, aspect to it, which which will be will be pretty cool. The fact that this is also linked to the the movies, this isn't like oh like it's it's a prequel thing in its own right. It's a prequel linked to those two films is also cool because we're going to get hopefully the same sort of aesthetics. Um, we might see some familiar faces, you know, maybe some of the parents or some of the town folk that are interacting. Um, although this is, what would this be, like 20 years before 
when was when was the first one set? Was it about 80s? I get confused because of the, the book yeah, dates and then the original sort of did, yeah, TV did, movie. I think it would. I think 80s would, yeah. yeah. And then it was 30 it. years later kind of thing for them when they jumped. Yeah, I remember when it, when it came out, people were getting Stranger Things vibes as well just because of the setting and everything. So, yeah, I think it is, mm-hmm. it is 80s, so we're going to start two decades. So we could get earlier. some characters, you know, like the, the guy that works at the chemist or something, you know, he seemed 20 years younger. So it's not going to be but like it just, old time. It, it just goes to show. I mean, you know what? Perfect example. Suicide Squad on the big screen, Peacemaker on HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah. They can do it. They, they've got their own streaming service. So they, they can have those legitimate connections. So they don't have to worry about finding a network to show their show. They can just put it on their own streaming service. And it's a story that has so much. I mean, it, it literally is backstory. It's 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 created on a, this mythology, this, this backstory that well, that's it. Yeah. I would like to, and I think there's, you know, so the wire filled me in on a lot of what the book offers and, and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff that they didn't actually end up putting into, and we're not talking about the kid orgy, like stuff with like I don't know, like aliens and and all this other kind of mythology. I think they can delve into, which they didn't get to in those films. So I'm all for it. I think it sounds great. It, it really sounds like. A good show. Well, that's it for TV news. Now on to the recommend section. Do I go first? Do I? Is that what happens? Always. Okay. <laughs> Every time. Well, not fair always. Enough. Just only when I'm hosting. You fair go enough. First. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So this is a little bit different. You know, like how I'm a I'm a softy for a, for a good rom com every now and then and hey look i didn't think i would be here recommending this movie but here i am mainly because i've got nothing else not to underplay it um but look the last time i liked jennifer lopez in a film it was probably anaconda um it's been a few years marry me her a big one <laughs> the film is called marry me jennifer lopez ah, Owen wilson this movie has an absurd premise but somehow it works. It's delightful. It's charming. It's not overly funny in terms of the comedy side of it. It's still lighthearted enough that, you know, there's a few laughs here and there. Um, but watch this with the, with the wife. We had a pretty good time. We both thought it was a lot better than we thought it was going to be to the point where I'm sitting here now saying, if you're interested in a, in a nice sort of rom-com, on a, on a certain evening, check this one out. Um, basically, I should probably tell you what the actual movie is about. Basically, um, Jennifer Lopez plays like this big pop star type thing. She um, She's written this song with her fiancé called Marry Me. They're performing it at this live concert, which they're also going to then actually get married at that concert. And it's a whole big event kind of thing. Owen Wilson is there as a plus, like as just as a, a spare ticket, doesn't even know of this, of this famous person. He's there in the crowd with his friend and his daughter. Um, this isn't all spoilers, this is the actual premise. Um, Jennifer Lopez finds out that the fiance has been cheating on her. She calls off the the concert wedding kind of thing. And then she has this meltdown and she basically picks Owen Wilson out, out of the crowd to, to marry, marry her essentially then and there. 
Um, well, I've and, seen I've seen the ad. Isn't he? Doesn't somebody pass him a sign that says "Marry Me"? And she yeah. looks down at him holding the sign. And yeah, he's holding because "Marry Me" yeah. "Marry" is the song title, um, and right. so he's so, holding yeah, it I'm for familiar. his friend. It's yeah. I'm familiar with the movie. I've I've seen I've seen the ad. I like the two. And you mentioned Anaconda. I watched that again the other night. First time in years. There you go. There um, you go. Sarah Silverman's in this. But, you know. She's funny. That girl that's in like all the movies now. That that young girl. She was in like that one with um, Dave Bautista, where he's like a spy or something. I forget what it is. My spy. My spy. Is that what it's yep. called? Yeah, she's in it. it is, yeah. That that guy from Moonfall. Not Patrick Wilson. The other guy. Oh, the funny guy. Yeah, yeah, the funny guy. He's in it. I mean, I've got to be honest, like, you know, yeah, I, I, every now and then I can watch a chick flick. Um, it's a good yeah, chick it flick. Looks, it's a good chick flick. It, it looks fun. I'll, um, I was planning on checking it out. Jennifer Lopez, last time I saw her was in, uh, was it, is it Hustle? No, not Hustle. Hustlers, where she was a stripper. I remember if I watched that one or if I watched Hustle. Which, which one? It must have been well, Hustle. Hustle hasn't... Hustle is the Adam Sandler film that hasn't come out yet. So he's definitely... Okay, maybe it was Hustlers then. Yeah. Hustlers. I, I remember there were two yeah, very anyway, similar yeah. title the, um, movies that came out together. Anyway, um, so I've done that now. Hopefully it was that or a cartoon. So I went with this one. I thought I'd <laughs> give us... I haven't done... I mean, are you going recommend... to recommend a cartoon at a later date? Probably. Probably. <laughs> okay, okay. Then, then save it. That was just when curious. All, when all is exhausted. <laughs> I'm curious what lost to marry me <laughs> but anyway we'll, we'll save that for for another day so i'm gonna recommend the center seat 55 years of star trek it is a behind the scenes look back at the past 55 years of the iconic franchise this is a docuseries made by the people behind the movies that made us, the toys that made us, all of those. And I've got to be honest, I I love the show. It is a nine-part series, and it goes all the way through the history, starting with how it first began, the transition into movies, next-gen, spin-offs, the animated series that was originally going to be a phase two live action show after Kirk. It is, it is great. It is great. I thought I wasn't going to get to see it. It first aired November 5th last year on the history channel in the U S that was it here in Australia. We didn't have access to it until about a week ago on binge the whole ah, thing got binge. put up there. And yeah, honestly, like binge, I'm watching more and more on binge at the moment. And, you know, we've said before how a lot of HBO Max content seems to end up on there, which I'm liking that trend. But the center seat, I've got to be honest, like I am recommending it because it's something I watched and loved. It's very nerdy. It's very Star Trek. <laughs> it is very Star Trek heavy. So if you are maybe a casual star trek fan just watch marry me instead but if you <laughs> like some nerdy docu-series about 55 years of star trek watch the center seat oh and i should say as well it is narrated by gates mcfadden dr beverly crusher 
There you, oh, there go. you go. I just looked it up on my binge app. I was about to press add to my watch list, but then uh, you said maybe a bit. I would class myself as a casual Star Trek. I mean, to be uh, honest, I, mean, I, I don't. Okay, I don't want to put people off. I mean, the runtime of each episode, forty-one minutes. 41 minutes Everyone easy. comes in at forty-one minutes. It's not like you're sitting through a sixty-part episode or a sixty-minute episode, should I say? It's great and it's brilliant. And do you know what you could do? Like they're very clear on the description of what each episode is. So, oh, you know what? I'm not interested in that one. I'll go to the next one. You know, I'm interested in Next Gen or Voyager or whatever. Just cherry pick the episodes that you want to watch. But for me, I went back to the beginning where you find out that Lucille Ball from the I Love Lucy show is the reason why Star Trek got made in the first place. I, yeah, I think I had read that. So I think I used that as trivia once. Come on now. I think that was... I've sure been doing this it. for a long time. I okay. can't remember <laughs> all the trivia that you mentioned. <laughs> but honestly, I I thought this was a show I wouldn't get to see. And then I was just, just checking out Binge one evening and there it was. Very happy to find it. We are in living in such a great time where like content is now accessible to us here um, at the bottom of the planet. Um, but that's, no, exactly right though, because, yeah, I mean, again, like since November last year, I mean, admittedly, April isn't the longest time to have to wait. But, you know, yeah, there used to be a time where we wouldn't get to see that. You know, movies and TV shows would get released, region one in the US. Yeah, you could import them, but you couldn't just stream them like you can now. You know, so we, mm. are, we are very fortunate, yeah that we've got access to things that we didn't used to have. You know what? I've added it to watch this because it seems to be from just reading the descriptions of each episode, they seem to be more about, you know, like the, the earlier years of Star Trek. And I'm talking up until like the nineties kind well, of thing. So just so you know, it, it, it goes from the original series up until enterprise. Well, there you go. That's what it does make reference to the Kelvin films, Discovery, Lower Decks. Uh, For sure, it's all part G. of it's all part of um, the Star Trek journey. So that's that's it. But it I guess is. the main focus, the meat of it, is the classic. And then no, the... not even, not even. It starts off that way. It, the main focus oh, is what... Star Trek from original series until Enterprise. But the the big get for the show, right, is that so many main players behind the scenes, on camera, are part of the series. Like the interviewing the cast and writers, producers, it's all there. That's anyway, good. I think, That's I've, I think I've, I've recommended it enough. Maybe <laughs> you and others will go and check it out. Um, okay, so that's it for the recommend section. Now on to the trivia section. And I've got to be honest, I got this trivia before I even knew any of the news stories. I just kind of assumed at some point we talk Marvel. To my trivia is Marvel related. Did we talk about Yeah, but we always do. I knew we would. In 1998, Marvel offered the movie rights to nearly all of its characters to Sony for just 25 million. Sony declined and only purchased the rights to Spider Man for $10 million. Sony believed he was the only character audiences would care about. And what happened all those years later? Morbius. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sony 
made a mistake. But at the time, like late 90s, I think that was a time when Marvel was facing bankruptcy. Like Marvel mm, Comics right. were on the bones of their ass. And yeah, and that's why you had so many of their characters just turning up at different studios. That's where it but all yeah. yeah, that's where it all I mean, splinted. And uh yeah, there's only one that remains <laughs> of what yeah. But where where things are at now, the idea with 25 million for all of them. Wow. How much did they pay for Spider-Man? 10 million. 10 million. 10 that's, million. That's crazy. Imagine yeah, if Sony had imagine if Sony had been like, look, we we only want Spider-Man. We'll give you a 10 for him. Oh, look, if we're already spending 10, we might as well fork out the other 15. I know, but it's like... And then they, they would have them all. They would have them all now. I know, but it's like, so you want 10 million, let's double it, chuck in an extra five, let's cut 25. Yeah. Although yeah. would it be... About the whole thing. Depending on how the purchase would have gone down, like, would it have been the case of, like, if they weren't producing films for particular characters, they revert back to Marvel? I mean, yeah. After a certain the, amount of time, they, yeah. Yes, they'd have had to, they would have had to have been actively developing at time, whether it's film or TV, because that was a whole thing with Roger Corman's Fantastic Four, wasn't it? That mm. to actively be, anyway. That's a, that's a whole <laughs> that's thing. But I was just going to say like, another thing that I was going to add to the trivia, and this is very recent: Captain America's debut comic just sold for three million dollars. The original. Cost just 10 cents. Mm. <laughs> wow. What an investment. <laughs> Absolutely. Better than Bitcoin. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as that Film Street Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, we recently reviewed Morbius. And stay tuned for our upcoming review of The Bubble. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon.